everyone to the podcast, Live Out Loud. I am your host, Raylan Sandin, and joining me today is another new friend of mine, Trina Sarekia. Did I say that correctly? You did. Yay! You guys. Congratulations. Thank you. Trina and I met each other in a podcasting community and we've really hit it off. And I got to spend time with her yesterday on a special project she's working on, and we'll go into that later. Um, and now she's here with us today, and she's going to be speaking about some amazing stuff um, surrounding energy and manifestation and how we can kind of change up our own thought blueprint. It's stuff that if you know me, I'm passionate about myself, so this is going to be an awesome conversation. I want to introduce you to Trina. Trina is a transformational business mindset coach, podcaster herself, and a multi-passionate renaissance chick. Ooh, I like that girl. Devoted to creating the field guide to awesome. Her iTunes top number 50 podcast, Field Guide to Awesome, is for online entrepreneurs who want to build businesses that feed their soul, fill their pockets, and create a major impact using their unique superpowers. She believes that by creating and harnessing inspiration and pouring it into your business, you can create mass, you can create wealth and a massive positive impact in your life and the world around you. She helps online coaches and consultants break through subconscious fears, limiting beliefs, so that they can develop a successful mindset and embrace their inner CEO. Ultimately, she teaches her clients to work less, make more, and never have to sacrifice what matters most to them. Thank you, my friend, for being here, and welcome. It's a pleasure. To Live Out Loud. Yeah, it's great to have you. And I love the name of your podcast, Live Out Loud. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know, I had, I had a show on Facebook um, that I was doing last year and was really enjoying it. And then life in certain situations just kind of got in the way and I got away from, from doing that. Um, and, but I realized that this is something that I just absolutely enjoy doing. I love hosting uh, unique individuals who have wonderful stories of, of real emergence in their life. And for me, that is turning up the volume and creating massive change in their own life, however that looks, and that impacts and ripple effects out to other people. So the conversation today around energy, I'm excited, super excited. Me too. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, I like to kid and say that I'm the manifestation coach for the non-woo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Making energy real and it is real. Yes, it is real. And I have said that so many times. And, you know, I have a lot of family who, uh, you know, have hold various opinions and, and beliefs around what it is that I do. And, and yet I have been able to have conversations with them on this very topic. And they will acquiesce that, yes, all of us are energetic beings. Energy is all around us. You know, they like to say, just like everyone, it's a vibe that I was getting or et cetera. And so I find that when people are willing to 
at least have that level of conversation, you can pretty much boil this conversation down in terms that they'll understand. So what we want to talk to you guys about today, what Trina is here for, is this reality that we create what it is that we are experiencing currently. So, and it has to do with subconscious, you know, beliefs, mindset, conscious beliefs, etc. So kind of fill us in on how you got started in this and why this is one of your passions. Well, it took me a while to understand it myself, but you, when you think about your current reality, what you see all around you, you know, your bank account, your satisfaction at your job, what you do in your business, that is a result of everything that you've believed, thought, felt, and done up to this point, right? Mm -hmm. So everything you have is there because you put it there. Yeah. And the good news is that if you're not satisfied with where your business is, where your bank account is, what you have in your surroundings, you have the ability to change that just by changing how you, your core beliefs, which so for so many of us, it's subconscious and they were really set when we were young and probably pre-verbal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so when we change those, those deeply held beliefs, sometimes you don't even know what they are until you start talking about them with a coach and you're mm -hmm. all of a sudden like, oh, I did not know I believed that. Right. And so when you know what you believe and you choose to transform that belief, to change that belief into something that supports you moving forward and choose deliberately how you think about things that will affect how you feel. Yeah. So, and that in turn changes your actions because when you're afraid, you don't take action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You freeze, right? Or you maybe take action from a different mindset that's actually working against you, against exactly. what it is that you're moving forward toward or wanting to move forward toward, right? Exactly. Yeah. So how do you exactly. help individuals then to um, kind of walk us through your process? What, how do you help them to uncover and discover those subconscious beliefs, those, that patterning uh, that runs in the background underneath? They are saying, oh, but I'm open to receiving, I'm wanting to, I'm per actively pursuing, I'm making decisions, but maybe they're sabotaging themselves or they're not making decisions in alignment with what their soul is saying, but with what they believe that they have to do or have to be. Yeah, and I think a big part of that is some of the work that I've done on myself over the past 20 years. And I was able to really just transform my life. At one point, you know, I had no money. I remember pacing my kitchen crying, <laughs> crying and like wondering where the money was going to come from. But somehow money always came. Right. And I, I needed to understand how that happened. 
And it was in, oh gosh, early 2000s, where I remember at the time I had just been certified as a hypnotherapist. And I had learned about this technique where you write a contract with the universe. All right. Yes. And this contract with the universe, and you'll see it with um, many different names, maybe letter to your future self or from your future self to you now. Mm -hmm. um, but with this contract with the universe, I sat down and I said, in five years time, I, Trina Serechia, commit to experiencing. And I dove into all of the things that I wanted to feel, wanted to see, wanted to taste, touch, smell, who I wanted to talk to. And I dove into it with every sense that I had. And I wanted to make a lot of money. And I, I think at the time, I didn't understand what a lot of money was because I was making less than 20K at the time. Right. And so a lot of money to me was at the time 40K. I was, you know, that seemed like a large amount to me. Right. And so I wanted to make a massive amount of money and I didn't put a number on it at that time. Um, but I knew I wanted to be paid to travel. I mm -hmm. wanted to work with really dynamic people. I wanted to um, travel for fun. I wanted to experience all of these different things, taste these different foods. And I knew how I wanted to feel. Mm -hmm. And then I folded up that letter, that contract, and put it in a I'm not sure if your audience can see the video or this is just audio, but I'm using air quotes. <laughs> I put it in a safe space, which yeah. means I lost it. Okay. Oh. Did we lose it with the air quotes? We lost it. No, it was in a safe space. Okay. But safe it space. Really but I totally forgot that I had done it and went on with my life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so... Now note that I said in five years time, I would experience all of these things. Right. Well, it was more than five years later when I had come home from a consulting position that I was um, doing at the time I was building um, software for health, um, for hospital organizations across the country. Mm -hmm. And so I came home on the weekend and was doing some clutter clearing. And I was surrounded by clutter and paper clutter. And I find this folded up note. And it's folded up, you know, in the uh, old high school form, you know, where you fold it up in the triangle and you tuck the corner. Yes. I say, oh, what's this? And so I untuck it and I start reading. And I promptly <laughs> start ugly crying. I mean, oh, ugly crying, like red mm -hmm. face, snot, tears. <laughs> and it wasn't, it weren't tears of, sadness or right. loss. They were tears of just astonished appreciation that I was able to achieve everything in that letter. And even sooner than what I had written down in less than five years, mm -hmm. I had tripled my, well, if you think about it, I quadrupled my income. Wow. I had doubled, then yeah. doubled, then tripled, yeah. then doubled again. And um, so I was making over a hundred K Wow. a year. Yeah. I was being paid to travel across the country weekly. Hotels are paid for, food was paid for. I was working with really dynamic consultants and intelligent people who were really making an impact in the health system. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I was thrilled to be a part of that. Wow. And at the time, when I had written that letter way back in the day, I was just, I was a massage therapist who um, I had just experienced a cervical spine injury. Um, the disc between C4 and C5 ruptured and I had lost the use of my right arm. And I had, was going through an identity crisis because I didn't know who I was anymore because I had fully self-identified as Trina, the massage therapist. And so software was not even a blip on my radar. I never would have been able to picture that I'd been, I'd do that. Um, and I think when you create that vision, just having that vision allows you to move towards what feels more like that vision. So the school that you went to, well, I'm asking this for, for me, I went through Hypnosis Motivation Institute in California and um, Dr. Uh, John Karras, I think I've said that right, and his um, brother Alex um, started that, that school. And they, had a, they have a similar method that they use, um, much like the writing the contract with the universe. It's literally um, writing in a mental bank, it's called, and you write out mm. what it is that you're wanting to earn. And every day then you write down what you do during your day that you have decided is working you toward that goal and you're paying yourself every day. You're working on energy, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what money is, right? Currency is yep. energy. And so you, so if you spend for myself, for example, I spend an hour with you on podcast, I get whatever my hours worth of time is, is worth to me. And that goes into my mental bank and you add it up each day. And then there's activities that you do that, that withdraw because energy again needs to be given and received, right? Mm -hmm. so even money needs to flow out and it flows in. So it was a fast, it's a fascinating process for me. And I'll admit that I have not um, been faithful in in doing that like on a consistent basis so the fact that you brought that up it's triggering for me man i there are things that my and ways that my life has changed drastically since i graduated from from doing that and now i'm a hypnotist as well and all of that um but i'm sitting here thinking i need to go back to the drawing board and dream exactly bigger. Exactly. Because when I recognized what I had accomplished sitting on that floor, totally ugly crying, yeah. all I could think of was like, oh my God, if I could do all of this in less time than I said I would, what yeah. else is possible? And so I went off on a rabbit trail um, for a little while trying to force things mm. to happen because it's like you think, oh, this is a science. If I just do this, this, and this, mm -hmm. it'll happen. And one of the things that I've learned over the years is you don't do things to get a certain result. You do things because it is inspiring to you. It fills your energy. It yeah. 
um, creates energy within you. Now, when I talk about energy, it's not woo. The physics definition of energy is the ability to do work. Right. And the definition of work is the ability to create change. So essentially, energy creates change. Now, we have a couple of different energies, uh, types of energy, and you touched on them a little earlier. And one is catabolic, and that takes energy, that energy breaks us down. So what do we say? Um, let me give an example of energy that breaks us down. Worrying. Right. Okay. Worrying is praying for a future you don't want. Right. 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 Um, other energy that breaks us down is like our limiting beliefs and, um, and something that in the coaching world, they call gremlins, but they're, um, thoughts that of not enough, that I'm not enough. I don't know enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough resources. And that is not true. Right? That is just not true. Yes. Um, but these are the stories that we tell ourselves. And it's almost as if there's a little voice in the back of our head saying, you're not good enough. Now, when you think in real life, if somebody says, you're not good enough, well, that's a mean person, right? Right. But essentially, that little voice saying, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, it's coming from the innermost core of ourselves that is trying to protect us yes yes it's trying to protect us it's that little lifeguard in the back saying don't do it you're gonna hurt yourself and when we change the job of that little voice and say hey stretching myself and Mm -hmm. doing things even when i'm afraid allows me to grow so your new job could be to encourage me. Right. You so, know, this, so there's a whole process that um, we can give a new job to that critical voice in, our, in the back of our heads. Right. And I, this, this is starting to go into the territory of how we sabotage ourselves, right? Mm. With that, that voice, that egoic mind that says, you know, um, uh, my undergrad is in psychology and it's, it's termed, uh, you know, the imposter syndrome, right? Like you said, yeah, yeah, not good enough. I need to know more. I need more knowledge. I'm not ready yet. They're going to know that I'm a fake. They're going to know that I'm a fraud. They're going to see right through me. It's that. And that tends to lead to unending learning, 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 and never doing, never taking inspired action. I love that. So in that moment, when you're writing that contract out, do Mm -hmm. you have a sensory awareness that you can go back to that moment and say, this, what was it about that or about your next steps that were your inspired action? What does that look like to you? Well, I think what, you know, human beings don't make changes because it's fun, essentially, at, you know, at the core. We make change because we're moving from something that's uncomfortable to something that is more desirable. Right? I love that. And so when you know that you need to make a change, 
you need to understand how where you are right now is more painful and more costly to stay mm -hmm. the same than it is to make an improvement. And mm -hmm. at the time, I was working in a job that I, I didn't feel safe. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't making money. Mm -hmm. um, I was still recovering from uh, cervical spine surgery. Mm -hmm. And I had reached a point where it was almost, it was like an epiphany. I had reached a point where I had just had enough. What, whatever I had been doing up to that point was not working. And I was seeing it was not working and, and doing any more of the same mm -hmm. is just insanity when you know it doesn't work. Yes. And so I, I just lost my shoes and I said, that's it. I have to do something different. I hate where I am now. And so um, it really kind of grew out of something that I had learned up to that point where the process of getting to better. Because mm -hmm. I was in a place earlier where I was not happy. And I remember at one of the positions I was in, they asked me, um, they brought people together and they said, oh, well, think back to a time when you felt complete and utter bliss. Mm -hmm. And I could not think of anything. I had no idea what bliss felt like. Yeah. And that was frustrating because I just sat there and like, I don't know. And so from there, I said, well, you know, what, what feels less shitty? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, my life felt horrible. And so what feels, what felt less horrible? Well, I moved yeah. in that direction. What felt a little even less horrible than that? Well, that, that's what I did. Yeah. What felt a, less bad? Because it stopped being horrible, was just bad. So I was moving towards trying to find what felt normal, what felt good. So did you begin to look for other avenues of, um, you know, sustainability for you, like other jobs, other career paths? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And it was after then that um, it was at that point. Now we're talking the epiphany just before I started, I did the um, contract. the contract to the universe. Mm -hmm. And so I had, I had reached the point that everything that I had been experiencing was not working. It was not it. And so I sort of gave up that and I said, there has to be something better. Well, what's better? Well, I have to really imagine what feels good, what mm -hmm. I want to experience, what's fun, mm -hmm. what is, uh, joyful what fills my energy up and is exciting to me and so that is what led me to create the contract with the universe yeah. and as i was writing i'm thinking this feels amazing because i was actually in my mind living that experience and our brains are curious curious little little bundles of neurons yes. sitting in a juice the consistency of butterscotch pudding okay <laughs> Right. <laughs> Our brains only know what's real by looking at what we feel, yes. and what we believe, and what we think. Yes. So 
I was creating a reality inside my brain of what I wanted to experience. And that's when I started feeling the bliss. I was feeling the bliss before actually having those things. I was pre-experiencing them. And that's what I talk about a lot with creating your ideal future self, creating your ideal future reality, creating your ideal future self as a CEO is pre-experiencing them and bringing them into your experience now, even if you don't have all of the trappings of it yet. So in that process then, okay, so you wrote the contract. Take us through then what? You know, for people listening, they're like, okay, so I write down some things that I think I'd like to achieve, do or be, how I want to feel. And they're sitting there going, okay, now what? Yeah, how does that make that reality, right? Exactly. What, what's the magic wand? And yeah. there is no magic wand. The, the magic, and if we think about magic in history, magic is just science that they haven't understood yet, mm-hmm. you know? And so the magic of it is that when you create that vision of your future, your subconscious naturally starts looking for things that match it. Mm. And there's another brain structure, brain process that happens, your reticular activating system. They call it the RAS. Now, it is just a whole bunch of neurons and cells and uh, electrical impulses that happen in your brain. But what the RAS focuses on is your arousal, what arouses you. And so when you set that to be for the kind of future that you want to create, your brain is just working in the background, looking for things that match it. And so I started seeing opportunities. I Mm. stopped judging things as good or bad. Now, I think my progress would have been much faster Um, because I did all of this without a coach. And I'll tell you, when you have a coach, it just happens so much faster. But at the time, I didn't have a coach. And so I was reducing the judgments. And when we talk about judgment, I'm not telling people that their judgment is good or bad. But it's how you judge things as good or bad, awesome or catastrophic. Right. And so instead, I was looking for how I wanted to feel. And so I started seeing opportunities. You see more opportunities with the less judgments of good and bad that you put against something. And so I wanted to feel, I wanted a new job. So I started applying to everything. (laughs) I knew that I was good at teaching because at the time I had been teaching um, massage therapy um, at the college level and Mm -hmm. um, professional education level. Mm -hmm. And I loved, I knew I loved teaching. And so I started looking at um, corporate training rules and I just applied to everything. And I noticed that when I saw a job description that was, um, that was exciting to me, I put a whole lot more effort. I put a whole lot more of myself in there. I put a whole lot more of my attention on it. And I also noticed that there were some job descriptions when they told you about the company, I was like, meh. That, that doesn't seem right, but I'm going to apply anyway. 
All right. And so there's different qualities of energy depending on where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And so I found that the two, um, I applied to everything. (laughs) I, I came home from, um, the job that I hated and I came home and I applied to everything Mm -hmm. and I tweaked my resume for everything. And, but I knew that there were, um, two or three roles that when I saw them, it just like, I got excited. I got excited. I looked at it. It's like, that looks like fun. I know I could do it. And wow. And so when I created those resumes, I got called back for both. And this is all within a two week period of time. All right. And this is the introduction (laughs) to where IT came in my life. Before this, I had always been afraid of computers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, but I, I was excited. And so, um, one was, um, was significantly less money than the other. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was about 75% travel. And I said, I don't, I'm not sure, but it still sounds interesting. I could really grow in that role. And basically I went, I applied to that one because I thought, oh, well, it's not everything that I wanted, but I, I might be good enough for it. And the other one was a dream role. Okay. 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 Yep. And so I don't think this is my mindset at work. I don't think it's the universe. It's just a coincidence. Um, But when I went to the, was going to the interview for the first one, you know, they said, oh, do you have a reliable car? I'm like, oh yeah, 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 I do. (laughs) At the time, my car was in the shop getting a new transmission and I had borrowed my father's car. Okay. And oh yeah, yeah, I have a reliable car. And so on the way to the very first interview, my, my, the car that I had borrowed died catastrophically in a toll booth. Oh no. Like I pull up to pay the toll, the car dies, smoke erupting throughout the cabin of the car and just won't move. And I, I needed a cop car to push me through and into the parking area of the toll booth area. And so, you know, I, I, call the guy. It's like, Oh, I'm going to be a little late. And then I call him back again. It's like, you know what? I don't think this is going to work. <laughs> wow. It felt like a universal telling me, Trina, no, you're not you excited about even, this. You didn't even get it, get to go to that interview then. No, the car okay. died. Okay. I think it was the universe saying no. Right. Right. <laughs> wow. And so, and I was, I was bummed because, you know, you think, well, that was the first of the first interview sure. or the, fir- the first job. And so I consoled myself with knowing that I had an interview at this other job. Yeah. Okay. It was a little more exciting. And so I get there for the interview. One of, a person meets me in the lobby and I, it, it is as if I had known that person forever and it, it's like she's my my twin except she's like 10 years older and about a foot shorter and (laughs) and we have so many other differences but we're like mental twins the way we thought and brought me into the interview i had this amazing interview i mean it was one of those interviews where one of it was a group interview where the whole team interviewed me together and the one 
um, question that I will always remember is this one fellow asked me, if you could be a superhero, what superhero would you be and why? And I was like, holy crap, man, that is an awesome question. I, I had a perfect answer because I'm a little bit of a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a nerd. And it's Brogue because she can take on anybody's superpower. Wow. But look at, look at how even that answer was literally what you were doing in your own life. You yes. were stepping into new areas, foreign territory to you at that time, right? Uncomfortability, and you were open to receiving that. And wow, I have Yeah, I was right looking, going in and thinking like, you know, I'm perfect for this role. I think it's going to be fun. And then I'm met with people who are fun. I met with people who are just want to talk to me and find out what I'm about. And because yeah. they knew that I didn't know their software, I would have had to, I had to learn their software right. for me to teach the software. But they wanted to know if you were teachable. Yeah. And if you were open to new experiences, new ways of thinking, new ways of being, I love that. That's huge. And I think that that's a huge message for all of us in the audience to remember is that we can hold um, outcomes. And you and I, we talked about this offline before, the, before we started recording. We can hold on to outcomes and, but when we are making these changes in our life, when we're creating our life to be what it is that we're saying we want it to be, we are always faced with the, those moments where we go, wow, this was not what I had in mind. And mm -hmm. that's how this co-creative energetic force works, is we get into the feeling of it and we experience what that would be like. And then the universe comes alongside God source energy says, let me really blow your mind. Mm -hmm. And we'll show you a new reality that you hadn't even thought of because it's just waiting for us to get with the program and understand that we have that power within us. Wow. Yeah, and that power power is to deliberately create what we want to experience right in our minds first and then our minds allow us to see right. evidence of that. Yes. And you said it before and I really think we need to repeat it again is that our mind does not know the difference between a a daydreamed reality, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, writing one out on paper and, and living that experience as we're writing it and as we're visualizing ourselves writing it versus actually living the experience. The mind, it holds the same weight with both and it doesn't know the differentiation between. Correct. And when I talk about judgment, we all have our internal judgments that go on. And they focus our mind on what the judgment is. So, for example, you're looking at your bank account. I talk about money a lot because I, I know for myself, we all need money to survive. Sure. Right? We need money to pay the bills. We need money to be able to um, 
pay for VAs, to support their families, to allow us to really serve in our fullest capacity. Right. And so with money, if you think, oh, well, money goes quicker than it comes in, you're going to notice how it goes quicker than it comes in. Right. If when you take that judgment away and you say, well, I have this amount of money in the bank. Right. I have this amount of money coming in. Right. What opportunities are available to me? Right. You know, when you think I don't have enough, then you're looking at all of the lack. When you say this is legitimately and this is the first um, step in my um, core methodology, it's acceptance. Acceptance isn't Mm -hmm. giving up. It's not throwing your hands up and saying, I guess this is the way it is now. Right. I guess this is how I have to suffer. Acceptance is looking at things the way they are without the judgment of good and bad. Yes. Just looking at it as what is. Byron Katie talks about that, and I love her. She's, and um, uh, Lao Tzu talks about that, you know, in the Tao Te Ching. It's just the acceptance of what is in the present moment, and that's all that there is. So there's the only suffering that's created and you've alluded to this many times is the story that we're telling ourselves in our mind. It's the meaning that we're making of it, of whatever we're going through and whatever's going on. And I love your story because you, you reclaimed and revitalized and actually gave new life to the power that always existed within you in that moment when you're crying and you're going, I'm uncomfortable now to the point where this, that was my life then, and I'm entering a new life, and I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know what I want it to feel like. And then you start writing it. That is power right there. Yeah, and I talk about my field guide to awesome in that you want to create a future that you just want to fling yourself off that cliff with almost a painful painfully burning sense of passion right and you don't know what you're going into but you know it is going to be amazing because that is what you are looking for and that's what you are going to create right right yeah you know you're going to be caught and you're going to soar and you're going to fly and you're going to experience so much more so in here i know it the audience doesn't know it, but you have channeled your, your energy around creating your very first summit. Yes. And that's coming up, you guys. It's coming up on Thursday, July 16th. And I have the honor of being one of many that you've invited into that space. Can you tell the audience about that? Yes, this can, I am not an expert on racial justice. Let's just put that out there. Um, but I have been spending time learning. And right. when the George Floyd um, instance came up and all of the, the riots started happening, the recent riots, I, I felt the need to do something. And I knew that with what I do in my coaching and the both me and the clients that I work with, something that is really core to our our belief is the value of human life and human rights. And I knew I needed to do something. And over this past year, I had been 
um, studying how to create masterminds and summits um, is um, two of the things that I've been creating. And so one night I sat down and it just sort of came to me that the things that I felt were just so important to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that one of my special skills is to create a summit. So this is my first one. It's big. It's scary. Um, <laughs> you know, I knew I needed to use my unique skills to make an impact. Um, and I really dove into the courage, like feeling the fear and doing it anyway, yeah. really diving into progress over perfectionism. Yes. You know, and creating a minimum viable product. And so the, the topics of the summit, which I thought was so important because black people, they know what they're experiencing. They experience every, every day. They've experienced it for hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. So the summit really isn't focused to them. And it's not focused to people who are really comfortable in their racism. Right. All right. That this is the way they believe. And I believe this way, this focus, this um, summit is focused on people like you and me, Ray, mm -hmm. people who know that there needs to be a change mm -hmm. in how we interact together as races. And also know that we as white people really have our own, have privileges beyond what, what black people and other people of color have. Absolutely. And those privileges, you don't have to feel guilty for having a privilege. Okay. You have the opportunity to use your privilege to support and lift up other people as well. Yes. And so with the summit, there's about five topics that we sort of talk about, and they're all sort of related. But the first one is how can we create um, a better relationship? How do we become better allies? You know, what is allyship? Right. You know, an allyship is basically creating um, a conversation where we listen where we listen and we hear. And that's both parties. It's not just us listening to black people. It's black people listening to us and allies work together. We're partners. Right. And then the next topic is activism. And it's right there in the word. It's the word active. It's yeah. not just holding a sign once. It's not just marching once. It's not just calling your senator once. It's creating an active part of your life to do that. Right. every day. And I know for a lot of people, it can feel kind of overwhelming because you think, oh man, that has to be the sole focus of my life. How I have to go out and shout on the street corner. No, it can be as easy as um, talking to a relative. It could be easy as understanding what's happening in your community in regards to um, laws and other bills that are being put out, you know, and holding our leadership accountable. Right. And then the next topic is having difficult conversations because it's hard to talk about race. Yes. It's hard to talk about race. It's hard to talk about a lot of things, but I'll tell you, race is one of them. And that really leads into talking about white fragility. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's hard to talk about things that we feel shameful about, that right. we feel guilty about that we feel like we have to punish ourselves about. Because right. essentially we all want to be good people and right. good people don't hurt other people. Right. And so when we're told that 
the way that we talk about something or the way that we interact with black people is harmful or hurtful right. or the way that we just say love is love. And that's an entirely different topic of um, spiritual bypassing, right. how it doesn't support our, the people that we want to be allies with. Right. We feel bad. And oftentimes when we feel like we made a mistake, we want to hide because we feel guilty and we punish ourselves. And so when we turn inward like that, with that self-hate, that self-punishment, that guilt, it does nothing to solve the problem. It only hurts you. It only hurts you. And it does nothing to um, solve the problems that we have in society with racial justice. Right. And so how do we find the grace and build that resilience to create the change on an ongoing basis? Because racism has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. It's deeply ingrained in our system. And how do we create the resilience and the self-healing and grace within ourselves that allow us to create small incremental changes? Because when we all come together, yeah. and each of us are making small incremental changes that all adds together and becomes a movement. 100%. You guys, I'm really excited about this and it's going live on Facebook, right? Yes. Well, there'll be a link in Facebook. Ideally, okay. I am creating a place off Facebook because I know not everybody likes to live okay. on Facebook. Okay. Um, and so the details will be coming very soon and hopefully ray you can update notes with the link sure I <laughs> as soon as i create that today <laughs> yes absolutely you guys will be notifying you of that that will be captured in the um show details um of the podcast when this goes live and trina you have a offer here that sounds unique to me kind of chat with us while we have a little bit more time and tell us about your sure, life. sure. You know, we talk a lot about creating vision, um, knowing knowing our values, creating vision, and you know, how does our vision get into our reality? Right. Mm -hmm. Our vision gets into our reality with immediate inspired action. Yeah. Okay. And so Mel Robin talks about taking action within five seconds. You know, yep. you think of the inspired action, you have to take it in five seconds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when we talk about inspired action, and it's oftentimes I call it massive inspired action, massive inspired action is not climbing a mountain in one step. It is taking the next tiniest small step that you can do in the next five seconds. It'll take five to 10 minutes to do. Okay. Yeah. And it's by taking that first step that we start to create momentum. And so the offer that I have, and it's free, um, it's called the Immediate Inspired Action Launcher Guided Visualization. And it's 12 minutes to sit and it walks you through uh, a six step process where it's very relaxing mm -hmm. and it goes through your, your um, acceptance of what is, your values, your vision, and your inspired action. <clears throat> and there's also uh, a free PDF that goes with a companion PDF that goes with it, which is like a worksheet and you can nice. download it and fill that out <clears throat> at your leisure um, and use it as you'd like. 
So it's just a free gift to get out there because I think we need to have more people who are taking inspired action. We have gifts to share and we have businesses that serve. Businesses aren't just to create money for ourselves. I mean, there's a reason that we get into business and that's to make money, but Mm -hmm. ultimately what we do helps create a transformation for our customer or client. Yes. And it is a gift that we give to them. We give them the offer of, of creating that change. And to do that, to make that a reality, you need to take inspired action for Mm -hmm. it to feel great, to be pulled into that action. And so this, little 12 minute visualization and worksheet might help you take that first step. Yeah. And I love too, that you say, once we start to do that, you know, once we take that first step, then it, it propels us forward and it gives us momentum. So you guys, if you're sitting on the fence with anything in your life, this is, this is a valuable tool. Um, to build into your um, subconscious to help program and help you visualize and help create momentum in your life for whatever change that you're uh, looking to affect. And I will provide that link in the show notes as well. And you can contact Trina through that too. Thank you so much, my friend, for joining us today. Ray, it has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I've enjoyed every moment. Yeah, always. And you guys, we're really excited about this summit. It's coming up July 16th, next Thursday. I'll have that link for you as well. Really very excited. And um, I really know that you guys are going to learn a lot from my friend Trina. And Trina, we're going to have more conversations here on Live Out Loud with you, my friend. I look forward to it. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Be awesome, everybody. Thank you.